This podcast is brought to you by Native Co. Gallery, an indigenous-owned business. They offer turquoise jewelry, beadwork, pottery, and Pendleton. You can also shop jewelry and Pendleton on their website at www.nativecogallery.com or in-store at 516 West 12th, Ada, Oklahoma. And let them know Russ from Okie Podcast sent you. episode i got a good friend of mine my brother here um one half of the world tag team podcast champions (laughs) (laughs) uh one of the hosts of toke signals isaiah lastly by himself yep yep by myself today (laughs) just um Living the fabulous life of a already in retirement or a retirement home. He's, he's retired. I'm a retired podcast where old podcasters go to live out the rest of their days. I'll be here soon. Forest Hills is just down the street. You know, it's just three square meals a day. Just enjoying the retirement life. But yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on, man. It's pretty pretty cool. I've been wanting both of y'all on like separately, but I just, we just never have the time. Yep. And we're always also busy and stuff. And y'all live so far away. You know, it's hard to kind of plan stuff out and then life happens and everything. So yeah. but I got you here at your new new home for a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> One more week. I got one week from today. I'm out, and I'm. That's all my insurance could carry. Oh, really? Yeah, they give you 30 days. Oh. And they're like, yeah, well, you got you got till the seventh. I'm like, all right, that's good. I'm out of here. That's, mm-hmm. they, we've done enough uh, rehabbing and stuff by then. Like when I tell people I'm in rehab, I'm not in rehab because I'm like a drug or an alcohol yeah. addict. I'm, I got all my toes cut off on my right foot. Mm-hmm. Just. And um, I had to go to a, a, I guess a care facility. Well, that's, that's in the, that's a that's a nursing home or a, <laughs> a retirement home. So, so what happened? Like, how did this happen? Well, I got a man. Just the time. I mean, people get yourself checked out. If you have your feet problems and you're, you know, you got diabetes and stuff like. If you mm-hmm. know you have diabetes, get yourself checked out. Mm-hmm. I had a tiny little 
like a tiny little abrasion on my foot. Just got out of hand. It got into my bones. It got into my blood. Whoa. And uh, it just it just took me out. And it got so bad, it just got all... I mean, I've had previous problems, mm-hmm. and so that wasn't, like, the best. But, yeah, it just got in my bones, and, and it just they said, we're just going to take all your toes. I was like, well, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. It's, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get be sad over it, but it looks like it looks like I got run over by a uh, <laughs> by a lawnmower or <clears throat> something, or sh- just something just took a big. Mm-hmm. It's a clean cut. Sh- yeah. Well, I saw that picture. Uh, I think Josh posted it for one of the episodes. Yeah, three eight. We called room. 318. Yeah, room three hundred eight or three eighteen. Is it three hundred eight or three eighteen? One of the two. Is I think it was three eighteen. Okay. But I saw the picture for it, and it was your foot, and I guess it just. They got done doing what they did, and it just looked like a meat pie. Yeah, it does. It, <laughs> a meat. I like. I got like like a baked potato as a foot now. It's got just some, like a little tiny little little. Got some suet in there. You got some suet in there. Yep, just a big fat meat pie. Just that's the way it goes. Yeah, I thought it looked like uh, one of those nice fancy Spanish hams. Oh, okay. That they slice. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like. It looked like a like you could. Cut bruschetta or whatever that stuff is. <laughs> yeah, I can have a charcuterie board of feet meat. Oh, <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll feet meats and cheese. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's that's the way it goes though. And this happened. Well, like <clears throat> this happened at the. You started feeling bad at the awards, right? I, that's when it was like maybe a week or so before. Oh, really? But I was like, I was holding out for that award. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't go to the hospital. I, I can make it. I can make it. <laughs> I was wearing shades all day that day. And uh-huh. like, they're like one of those reflective shades. Mm-hmm. So I wore that. And man, you couldn't see my eyeballs. Just They were probably sickly looking. Like I was just hiding it. Like, whoa. It's like, I just got to get through this award. And like when I was, I made my accepted speech. I was like, I gotta lean on this stripper pole. Like when I was, saying, <laughs> I really was having to lean on that stripper pole. Like, cause there's a stripper pole mm-hmm. in the middle of that biker park. Uh, I don't know. It just looks like somewhere like Selena Elos Dinos. Oh yeah. It looks like when okay. they were a little kid band. That's looks like somewhere they would they would play at. Like it was just a barn. I don't know. It was like a hayloft that everybody revved their motorcycles on. But anyway, yeah, that's what. And they had like a huge, gigantic like fence, so it looked like Jurassic Park, but like a big old break in the fence. Oh, really? So my cousin's like, "Man, this looks like Jurassic Park up in here." And I was like, "Man, <laughs> the raptor escaped here because that's that's what it looked like." But yeah, it was a nice place. It was outside of Depew. Mm-hmm. Um, several other people we knew won. Um, Kels, Kels Cooper won Comedian mm-hmm. of the Year. Uh, let's see, uh, you should have won Host of the Year. I know, right? I, I, I nominated you, and they just didn't have... That. I know, I hit them up, because my thing wasn't even on the website, and I asked them, like, the week before I asked them, I was like, because uh, I had something else going on, but I said, hey, am I, like, on am i gonna get an award or what happened you know and they're like oh we had to scrap it because uh you're the only one and everybody everybody nominated it was me and then somebody else but they said they needed like 
three to four people yep. in the category. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just self-proclaim it then. I'm the host of the year. You are Oklahoma's but, host of the year, man. You're the but I would I was gonna go with shit, man. It was so hot. It was hot. It was and it was outside too. And oh, the summer has just been bad for me. Like I've been like running around outside and everything, and sweating my ass off all like the entire summer. And even inside, it's, it was bad. It's one less thing to because your AC just wasn't pumping pumping out that cold air but oh my god like i'm so glad it's so cooled off now yeah and i could i could stand to be outside now like we're outside right now so it's no big deal when i was in the hot i mean i was at stillwater hospital after my surgeries and stuff mm-hmm. and i I didn't go outside for like 11 days mm-hmm. and finally i was like i'm just going crazy i just want to go outside i just want to go outside one day and then finally, when they brought me here, mm-hmm. they uh, loaded me up in the in the ambulance on the gurney and shit. Mm-hmm. I went outside and it was brutally hot. Yeah, I was like, never mind what I just said. <laughs> Get me back inside. It's, I'm climate controlled in this in this building. I'm not climately controlled out here. It's a it's a to do out here. Good gosh, and then right in the back of the ambulance, and it was hot. It was like a big hot box in there. Oh, man. I was like, oh, man. And they got me here, and that, yeah, that was the reality setting in. Like, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> this is your new home for the next 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's been good. I've had really good support mm-hmm. from uh, friends and family and um it, it it boggles these uh, the staff here because they ask me. I'm surprised nobody's here today. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, you always got somebody here. I was mm-hmm. like, I I, <laughs> I couldn't imagine being a elderly person and nobody comes and visits. Yeah, and that would be the oh, that'd be a tough, that'd be a tough reality to live in. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I've been blessed with uh, good friends and family and. Man, just um, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, it helped, it helped me. It's helping me heal through this. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, everybody, people out there listening, get yourself checked out. Like, you know, if you know you got the ailment, don't push it off. Just, just uh, yeah, go. I mean, especially if you're native. I mean, yeah, I know you. They might make you jump through some hoops at IHS, but you know what? It's still there, and it's. It's still free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, maybe gas money getting there, but you know, you know <laughs> yeah. what's up. Yeah, I can't believe it's been thirty days you've been here. Yeah, times go by so fast too. It does go by fast in here. If you just develop a routine mm-hmm. and just kind of have be regimented and be disciplined, maintaining your blood sugar and all that, you know, it's you can break a habit. You can break a habit up, and I don't know why people have rehabs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're in rehab right now. Yeah, I'm in rehab. I'm, in, I'm at a <laughs> in a nursing home. Like that's where I had my rehab. That's why I had my like rock right here, rock bottom. I was like, oh man, I I didn't live up to nothing. Like, I got a nursing home at forty. People were like, how old are you? Like I'm forty, and like oh, and like 
physical therapists don't know how to work me out because I'm too young. Yeah. I'm too young. I was like, wait, 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 you have a strength of a grown man. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just a grown man. Like, <laughs> maybe like hit a balloon back and forth. <laughs> <and> some... <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it's a danger zone here. Like, I was wheeling around one day and. And that big that hallway or that big dining room, mm-hmm. and it was a big traffic jam of wheelchairs. Yeah. And um, but ironically, at the time, Danger Zone, uh-huh. like the oh, Top Gun song okay, was playing yeah. in in the dining room. <laughs> so like, you had a bunch of wheelchairs, and I was like, you know, when you hear that song, you either drive a little bit faster mm-hmm. or you run a little bit fa- like. I know Danger Zone to me is like a upbeat tempo <laughs> high tempo uh song and man just something in me just went just started just wheeling even faster to get through the weave weave in and out of that traffic and i was like damn danger zone like <laughs> real maverick here like <laughs> dang man like that scary is, movie too yep when they're in the hallway scene yeah it's exactly <laughs> like you have a Mission Impossible John Woo flying in the air with these wheelchairs <laughs> and like there's somehow managed to be doves flying around. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, what else? I mean, yeah, I I don't know what's going on in the. I mean, I just watch TV. Mm-hmm. Like the outside world is kind of dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, football season. Oh yeah, how was uh how was Pawnee last night? So we beat Tonka Wall. What? Thirty six to thirteen, I think. Whoa! But before that, we got beat by Hominy. Hominy's really good, dude. Yeah, they're really good. And then next week, though, we play Woodland. So, but this will be out like way after that. Yeah, and you'll be out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because Woodland's got a crazy schedule. They got like, they like got Pawnee, Hominy, then Tonka Walls. That's like what we last, had. <laughs> that was like their last games. I was like, oh my gosh, Murderer's Row. That's tough. But they're undefeated. Yeah. They're undefeated now, man. Uh, that's really cool. Like uh, how they, man, um, the offseason program for them. Mm-hmm. They really, they really work, man. Light years of. Light years difference between when I was there, barely having a weight room, mm-hmm. to now like they have a really good, they have good facilities for. A have you been small, in there? I haven't been in there in quite a while. Yeah, but a uh, buddy of mine, he he's coached there, and and man, he's intense, mm-hmm. he's an intense guy. In fact, I go just to watch him coach. Like, really? I, man, people playing on the field. I don't. I know several. I know like people's kids I went to high school with, or people's parents. I was like, oh, that's so-and-so's kid. Oh, okay. That's, man, he's a pretty good guy. But, man, I watch a uh, big shout-out, Coach Lockett. Cause watching him, like, just get intense on the sideline, just yelling. and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that totally fits. That totally fits uh, <laughs> Sam's style of coaching. It's crazy, like, because, I, I, like you, we barely had, like, we had a couple bench press spots and a squat rack i mean but it's like old equipment like yeah passed down equipment and but we made it work and but 
I think like, man, I don't know how long ago, but maybe seven years ago, eight years ago, they had pictures of the team like working out and stuff and doing PRs. And it was like an entirely different locker room. I mean, it's still the same lockers, but at that time it was like new squat racks and new bench presses and stuff. And But now I think it's like, it's a lot of like platforms for dynamic, I guess, type of workouts, mm-hmm. cleans and squat presses and stuff like that. So I haven't seen the entire locker room, but I've seen that part. And there's like a lot of like platforms around where people just pumping that weight up. And I'm like, golly, it's changed so much. Because we were like bodybuilding, like heavy weights and three sets of 10. Yeah. Squatting that or whatever. And now it's like there's more movement involved in working out and stuff. It's it's crazy to look at the evolution of like where it's at now. Yeah, just even since like even when I graduated, mm-hmm. the I mean, that's over 20 years ago because that's <laughs> uh, how like the evolution of people working out like yeah has changed. I think even like the material people wear like you know mm-hmm. it, yeah when I started like. Under Armour was just beginning because mm-hmm. a buddy of mine had he had to fight one of the first Under Armour shirts. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, "What are you wearing there? That looks <laughs> that looks ridiculous." <laughs> we all like laughed because you know all of us wore just like t-shirts and mm-hmm. cut off t-shirts or you know just you know we didn't ever seen that kind of synthetic material. Like, what what is this? What you, why is it so tight? Why is it so unnecessarily? Uh, we did. <laughs> It was barbaric to us, <laughs> barbaric concept. <laughs> and then, uh, who know? Years later, it would have been um, every. Everybody's all about the drip. Yeah, it's the drip. It's um, you gotta look good. I guess you. I guess you look good. You play good. True. And um, I grew up in the football era of um, you had to block out with your elbows out. Oh, you couldn't really? use your hands. Mm. The hands rule didn't change until I was about a senior in high school. Whoa. And so we could block with our hands, like push. Yeah. And to me, that's one of the great, biggest, greatest rule changes in, in football is when they let linemen block with their hands out. Because, mm-hmm. man, that changed the game. It changed passing. Passing became, I mean, uh, it became more pre- prevalent. In the game. Yeah. Like, I mean, more spread offenses, you know, just. And then from there, it's not just three yards in a cloud of dust every play. I mean, you can run pass plays and stuff. But if you're terrible at passing, (laughs) or if you're terrible at running, if you can't do the basic running the ball, because that's what I learned in high school football. It's defense, and if you can run the ball in November, Mm-hmm. That's what will win the championships is just the basics. Yeah. But yeah, I've heard you talk about your football career and oh. I we <laughs> I've kind of like when we hung out and stuff, I remember asking you about like Haskell and everything cuz I didn't even know you like I knew you played football, but I didn't know you went to Haskell to actually play football. And <laughs> so like you bits and pieces come out on toke signals about your guys' sports background and so but you went to Woodland, and you played there from what, years? From 97 
to 2000. 2000? I mean, I graduated oh one, but okay, those were yeah. the seasons, 97, mm-hmm. 98, 99, 2000 were, mm-hmm. were the years. And um, it was fun. You know what? Like, people say, um, you know, you know, why do people, why do you play sports? What mean? Do you look back and have any regrets? I don't have any regrets on it because, you know, all my, it's camaraderie of friends. Mm-hmm. And, like, you guys will have memories for, for life, you know, just, just, um, you know, all playing together, all growing up, you know, you, especially if you're, if you're, especially if you're a lineman or an offensive lineman, it's just a, you're just a pack of hogs that get along. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most yeah. easygoing guys, uh-huh. the funniest guys, the smartest guys on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a fun like, you know, like a kinship bond. You know, you're you're, uh, and it teaches you how to learn to play on a team. Mm-hmm. That's what people don't get. Like, you know, you win, you lose. That, that's, but you know how to play on a team with other people. Like. Even if you're working like at a job or an office, are you a team player? Like, are you? Can you see uh, something that's bigger than you and being part of that? You know, you're all working towards the same goal. That's what I think. Um, True. I've, you know, playing playing sports teaches people, into, or team sports anyway. Now, individual sports people are psychopaths because they're. Uh, they're crazy about their sport. Like, I mean, like, you know, like boxers, uh, yeah. wrestlers, or, you know, like people that it's involved in an individual sport. You know, you can't, you can't lean or blame your losses on anybody else. It's all you. Like, mm-hmm. when you're out there, you get beat up, you get beat up. Like, yeah, it's but, on uh, you. Yeah. But my sports background, I mean, just football. Um, I tried wrestling for a sup for a, for a spell. I uh, got put in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I um, I um, I was trying to get. I, I I joined the wrestling team because I was just, I was just wrestling. Like yeah. I mean, not wrestling, but get staying in shape for football. Uh huh. And I didn't want to go to tournaments. I didn't want to wrestle in matches, but um, they're like, hey, um. We got a tournament in Skytook. Um, Isaiah and you, Grant, are going to. Re- uh, we got it. You guys got to wrestle to see who goes to the tournament. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, "All right, Grant, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> You're going to win, and I'll make it look good." He goes, "All right," and then like, <laughs> mind you, we we f- had a fixed wrestling match. <laughs> And so, like, I, I, like, we were we locked up, and then like, I tried to shoot down, shoot on him, uh-huh. and do a double leg, and he just sprawled, and put all his weight on me. Uh-huh. And when I shot, I didn't shoot with my head up. I shot with my head down. Oh God! And um, man, it just heard pop, like just like you just heard like a like a gunshot going off. Back of my neck just went pop, <laughs> and like. <yeah. laughs> And like he pinned me and stuff, and I was like, I can't, I can't get up, I can't move. Like the left side of my body is oh my paralyzed, God. and it was. I was like, well, I couldn't find out. I had like nerve damage, 
But the hospital had to come and pick me up and put me on a gurney and take me to this hospital and <laughs> became a whole ordeal, man. Like all I had to do was, I mean, that's what you get, I guess. <laughs> uh, when you try to throw a wrestling match in high school and end up a fixed match, but get this, the because because I didn't want to go to wrestling tournaments, I don't want to waste my weekend uh-huh. at wrestling tournaments. Ironically, since I was injured and I had to wear a neck brace and stuff, they made me go to every wrestling tournament after that oh. because I had to do stats. Oh, I had to like do every keep all the record, of, and so that was even worse. Yeah. Like having to pay attention. I guess maybe my coach knew I was throwing the match and was punishing me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they um, they made me keep stats every weekend. So, really, all that bullshit was for nothing. So, <laughs> so that was my wrestling career. <laughs> I only had one match. One match in uh, my high school career. Uh-huh. I was uh, wrestling a, 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 a 215 guy from... Blackwell, mm-hmm. I remember just like locking up with him, like we just kind of locked up on like collar and elbow style, and like when I locked up with him, I went, Jesus, this guy has got big arm. Like before I can finish that thought, like Jesus, this guy has big arm, like that. He already slammed me, yeah, to the ground and pinned me, <laughs> and I looked up at the clock and went, All right, man, one minute forty, like one minute forty seconds. It lasted one minute, 40 seconds. Not bad at all. <laughs> no, Isaiah. You, they count the clock down backwards. So you only lasted 20 seconds. <laughs> There's two-minute periods, and they go. They count from two minutes down. I was like, oh, one minute, 40 Oh, I thought I lasted that long. Like, no, nah, dude, you only last 20 seconds. You got you got slammed. <laughs> so I did. I was like, I don't even want to. I don't know, because like, that was like the first duel of the season. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't ever want to. I don't. I, and I was a chubby dude too. I didn't like wearing the singlet. Like yeah. I had body issues as a kid. Like when I was a teenager, nah, I don't care. I go out. I wrestle oiled up naked and wouldn't wouldn't bother me. But <laughs> man, at the time, I was like a chunky chunk ball. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, oh, I don't want to go out there and wrestle another big dude like myself, another chunky chunk ball, <laughs> in the same. Singlet, sweaty, <laughs> funky. I don't want to rub up against dudes like that that much. <laughs> I don't mind wrestling shirt and shorts of practice. Yeah. But like going out there and putting on a one piece. Yeah. And then going out there and tussling with another big dude was just not my way of um, partying on the weekends, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> on the other, uh, coincidentally, when that happened, uh, my cousin saved. The bus driver when he had a heart attack. Oh. And um yeah, he stopped the bus and you know, made sure everybody was all right and he became a local hero. Mm-hmm. And they had like a big old um they had like a hero um award ceremony for him and another dude. Mm. Now my cousin claims the other dude, Chuck, didn't do anything. Like he just all right, everybody. Like, he just said something, and like he got some hero status. But my cousin Bub did all the work. Well, anyway, they had like, you know, people from the state and like local like officials, and they had the news on six. They had like Channel Six News on there. Whoa, there and like, man, who they filmed like right during that ceremony was just me and a 
I was in the stands and I was in that neck brace. I was like, damn it. I was like, damn it. Damn it, bub. Why'd you have to have a goddamn hero ceremony? And I just sit right in the middle of the gym with a big old neck brace on because trying to throw a wrestling match my junior year in high school. So. So yeah, I was like, oh, I thought, you know, when you look like that, look back, some stuff like that's kind of funny. Like, <laughs> man, dang it, crap. <laughs> but my football career at high school was, um, you know, I, I played at played at Woodland, and then I went to high school. Yeah, we were we were terrible. Mm-hmm. We were a terrible team. I mean, we went zero and eleven, and. Who did y'all play? Like Man, we played. Um, what teams were there? We played Langston. Oh, really? Uh, Northwest Oklahoma State University. We played. Um, um, we played Dana College up in Nebraska. We played like um, Arcadia. It was like a school out of Illinois. That mm-hmm. um, game, I can't think of the one in uh, Oklahoma. There's a school in Oklahoma City. It's a uh, um, Southern Nazarene played mm-hmm. Southern Nazarene. Mm-hmm. Played, we played Bacon. Um, Bacon ain't, I ain't never had a team. <laughs> Bacon ain't never had a team. <laughs> no, it was their first. It was their inaugural year of having football, so they never played a game. And we went down to Muskogee, and we played them. And they beat the crap out of us like thirty to seven or something like. <laughs> like dang, these guys ain't never played a game, <laughs> but they just seem how they, they. It looks seems like they picked it up pretty easy because. Yeah. Man, and that was the first time I've ever like, not had any playing time. Mm. Like just sit on the sidelines. I, I had like, I was on a field goal unit. I was mm-hmm. on. I was a, the guard. And. Um, yeah, it was the only time I've ever sat on the sidelines and pretty much watched the whole game. And, um. Oh, whoa, whoa. God, memories of Nam. The helicopter. Helicopter flying over. But anyway, um. Anyway, eventually, uh, our. Our. Offensive line coach just up and quit. Middle of the night, packed all this stuff up in the middle of the night. And just took off. We were like, next day, hey, where's Coach Schultz? Oh, yeah, he uh, he quit. I'm like, dang, he just left us middle of the season. Like, like, I ain't dealing with these losers. And, like, he was a real, like, if you grabbed Goldberg and gave him a flat top mm-hmm. and only just compressed him down to, like, five foot eight, mm-hmm. but, like, still, like, massive, that's what he, he, that's what he was like. Oh, like, wow. he was, like, a big... He's like, I know offensive lineman Isaiah, and you're no center. You're a guard. Like, All right, I, I, I guess. Like, I never played guard. Like, I never played guard or anything. I just always been center. Yeah. And so I didn't even know how to line up for like good chunk of the season. I was, but then he left, and um, the offensive line or not, the, we our offensive line coach was the head coach then, and uh, Coach Schultz put me a center and. You know what? We still lost every game. Mm-hmm. But we still got over 100 yards rushing. <laughs> you know, like we were we were building it up, man. We 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 
kept in pretty close. We weren't blown out every game. Yeah. But then our last game of the season was uh, Southwest Assembly of God University. We went, they played them down in Waxahachie, Texas. And it was us at 0 0 and 10, and they were 0 and 10. So somebody, somebody had to leave there with a win. Like some, <laughs> somebody's O had to go. Like, and we still lost that game. Like, like shoot those guys. They said, nice, nice, nice game, losers. And like, well, we are losers. <laughs> They play We Are the Champions and what the had like <laughs> non-alcoholic sparkling <laughs> sparkling <Watches>. cider winning. <laughs> well, this is embarrassing, man. Damn, it was a long trip back to back to Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> and I knew then, like I was like, man, I'm not. I really don't want to play football anymore. Mm-hmm. But I'll 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 keep at it. Well, we at the end of the semester we had our. F- uh, Haskell Athletic Banquet. Mm-hmm. You know, they had it for volleyball and all these different sports. And they had football, and they were announcing all the uh, lettermen. Mm-hmm. And they were like, and they were naming all the lettermen to come up and get their letter. And uh, at the end, I was only like one of the few people just sitting at the table. Like, you ever see that goofy meme where he's like, oh, like sitting <laughs> oh, yeah. at the table all by himself, like, like that's how it felt. Like they're like, "Oh, Isaiah, um, did we forget? I yeah, we forgot Isaiah. Ah. They gave my letter to another. I mean, Indian college to another dude, another lineman, but he was a red shirt. He oh, didn't play really? that year, and they gave him a, his the letter, <laughs> and like it was one of the most embarrassingest moments. I was like, man, I really don't want. You know what? I don't even want to play football no more. Mm-hmm. And that's when I knew I was like, I, w- I was done. I was like, no, I'm good. And then after that, I had I had no, zero regrets. Like people say, oh, man, I wish I could play again. I go, nope, I don't ever, ever. Nope, it's, uh, I'm done. Like, yeah. I don't have any kind of like, I, I, I'm glad I left um, without a serious injury. Um so yeah, that, I was like, I, I didn't, I wasn't even good enough to get a letter on an O and eleven team, and I started five games. So like, <laughs> I was like, see, this is the reason why we went O and eleven because you coaches don't even know who the hell who was playing. Yeah, yeah, man. And it got bad. It got bad at the end of the year. Like we couldn't even practice properly because everybody was injured. Like, all right, you offensive lineman. Y'all might have to be defensive linemen. I was like, bullshit. I'm not, I'm not no defensive lineman. Like, get hurt playing that. Get wooled around, get put on skates. Just, ooh. That's what I was, a D lineman. And I tore my MCL my junior year. And I, my senior year, I got hurt at Woodland. Yeah. Uh, whoever the running back was, he came right up the middle to my gap. And I just kind of latched onto him, and I turned with him as he fell. And I don't know what I did. I fucked my back up, and I I laid there, and I thought I was paralyzed, man. Like I couldn't even get up. And I was laying there, and people were trying to help me up, and I was like, I can't move. I was like, I can't move. And then the coaches came out there, and 
Oh my god, I remember I remember they helped me up and I sat up, man, it was like the worst pain I ever had in my back. And I got up and it hurt to walk. Like put just all my weight on my legs and I got to the sideline and I sat down. They pumped me up full of ibuprofen and they put ice on my back and oh my god. Somebody was like, You probably broke your tailbone. I was like, Man, I was like, I don't know, but it freaking hurts, but I guess it was like back spasms. Oh, what yeah? IHS said, so I don't know if they were right or wrong, but they just told me, like, yeah, you should be better in a couple of weeks. And, like, I remember that pain going home, trying to lay down in bed, trying to sleep it off, waking up, and just being in pain for, like, the weekend. And, and yeah, after that, I was kind of like, I got better and I started playing again, but it wasn't like... I was probably like you. I was like, I'm probably fucking done. Like, <laughs> I don't even care. Like, yeah, it's like at a point where it's now like I've been hurt last season, now this season. So, whatever we do, I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just I'm you just, just here to accept it. You I'm just here what? for the ride. Yep. I'm just you know I'm just here because all my friends are playing and True I like that. hanging out with them and yeah. Yeah, you just that's what that's what that's what my dad told me like years later. He's like, you know, son, it's not about. The wins and the losses, and it's like, man, you just remember having fun with your friends, mm. and you just you're young and you get to enjoy that. So yeah. just enjoy it. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. But yeah, Haskell, shit. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> uh, I went to the last uh, homecoming game. It was like 2014 when they finally shut down the program. It's been that long. Yep. Been Whoa. that long. Dang, it's almost been ten years since. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know what I wish Haskell would have, though? Um, I wish Haskell had a lacrosse program. Oh, that'd be cool. Like, playing that stadium there. Man, just have a lacrosse team, have a lacrosse game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be pipelining those guys from New York. Like, I'd be getting those. Um, oh, what are they? Hanan or former. They were formerly called the Iroquois. Mm-hmm. What was it? The. Uh, I think that's. How, how, how I can't. Man, I. Pardon me for my mispronunciation out there for <laughs> for the former Iroquois. I mean, the Iroquois national team, mm-hmm. you know, those guys, I mean, we, I mean, not all of them are going to be, you know, going to be playing for Syracuse or D1. They got to go somewhere. Yeah. So how about you like to come to Kansas and play some lacrosse here? And like, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, most, most uh, things I saw with Haskell folk was uh, homesickness. Homesickness was rampant. Like yeah. people were like, man, I want to, I'm gonna go back to where I was from. I was like, why? There ain't shit there. What are you doing? Like, yeah. But people get home. I've seen people show up and then that night just go back home. Yeah. I was like this is too much. That's what we had at IA too. Um, I kind of got homesick, but I knew there wasn't nothing back at home. I'd just be doing the same shit I was doing before. Yeah. But yeah, we had like kids come in. The next day, they they would leave, or like as soon as like uh, orientation was done with that week, they would or that weekend they would pack up and go home, and it was like it was either that or they got kicked out from drinking. <laughs> yeah, I got kicked out of dorms for smoking. Did you? Well, the one time I didn't smoke is the one time I got busted. Yeah. <laughs> With the group of people that was smoking. Oh. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, crap. Like, 
I'm, I'm, I'm lumped in. I'm guilty by association. <laughs> All I was doing was playing Madden, and I ordered a pizza. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, hey, man, I'm going to get a pizza. You guys cool? You guys want some slices? Yeah, man. Because they were letting me play Madden. And so I was just oh, okay. offering offering up some pizzas. All right. And so we ordered up some Domino's, and I bought the pizzas, and I would, pizza guy dropped it off, and, you know, those, everybody was smoking around. And, like, right behind the pizza guy was the RA. <laughs> got all of us. Got, like, oh, six of us. Uh, and, you know, I went smoking because I was playing Madden. I was like, oh, hold on, man. I, I mean, I wanted to smoke, but mm-hmm. I wasn't smoking yet because I was playing Madden. I was like, I didn't even smoke, and I got busted. Man. So, yeah, I was just guilty by association. They kicked me out of the dorms. What? They said, you can still go to school, but you can't live here. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was still breaking in. I still sneaking into my dorms every night. Like, <laughs> like I didn't give a shit. Like, yeah. And the crazy thing about it is my aunt still, they, my, my mom or my dad's sisters all lived up in Lawrence. Mm-hmm. So I could have easily, you know, just stay with an aunt or something like, but I was like, eh. And I just, I just gave up. Like, you know, I went playing football and I was just, I hit, the, I hit, uh, I hit up the life of Lawrence. I got caught up in back roading and drinking, smoking not snorting or, but just drinking and smoking bud, like you know the the things that most young people get caught up in. Oh yeah, I didn't commit any serious crimes or crimes or anything. So yeah, I just partied out, flunked out, and so I was like, all right, and that was my last go round of college, like twenty something years ago. So what year should go there? Uh, two thousand one. To 2002. Okay. Because uh, I was there during uh, uh, September 11th. Oh. Like, that's where I, I, I just did my freshman orientation class that morning. Whoa. And um, it was called freshman orientation class at Haskell. It's called Vision Quest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, all right. But anyway, Vision Quest, I was walking back to my dorm, and somebody came up to me and went, hey, man. You hear the World Trade Center got bombed? I go, yeah, like what, back in 1993? They go, no, man, it happened this morning. <laughs> it's on the news right now. I was like, what? And went inside, man, and that's what showed September 11th. Like, dog. You know, I didn't have a TV in my room, so we all, a lot of us just gathered around the uh, TV room and just, mm-hmm. we we're all glued. Like, we all couldn't stop watching it. Like, I was like, I got to go to class. And then we all went to class, and it was on every TV, you know, in every building. Like, you go to, like, our classes just kind of stopped. We were like, nobody was in the mood to learn. Yeah. And then we had football practice that afternoon. And we just did our stretches, and the coaches went, hey, guys, just, um, we're not going to do anything today. Just go home. And we all went home. And, uh, and yeah, the coach said, like, call your family, call your friends, just just um, just tell them you're all right or just tell them, you know, you're thinking about them because, you know, that time, shoot, we, when them towers went down and oh, that was, all, oh, my God, like, is World War Three starting? Like, because, you know, at that, that day, like, we you, people didn't know what was going to go on. People heard, like, I heard it's the Palestinians. I heard it was this. Mm-hmm. I heard it's the North Korea. Like, just, 
on and on, people were trying to like buy gasoline, and it was weird. It was crazy, man. Like, um, anyway, they just let us go. Just let us go about our day. Whoa. We had a bye week that week, so we didn't have a game. Mm-hmm. So when they canceled all the games, we didn't even have a game in the first place. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so just a little bit of damn. Yeah, it is. I was in uh, eighth grade when that happened. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know what was going on, but they had the TVs on in our classroom and like the Twin Towers were smoking and we were just like watching it. But I mean, we we're like 12 or 13 and I didn't know what was happening. And yeah, like the same thing, like every every TV in the whole school was like on on that channel and they I think they sent us home. And then we had a game that night for eighth grade football and they canceled the game. And so, like, I didn't really understand what was happening, but to look back, to look back at it now, and to ask like yourself, like, where you were on that day, and then like think back, like, whoa, social media would have been going nuts if you know. I never really thought about that. What social media would have done covering man. September 11th? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Twitter or the or uh, TikTok, Instagram or TikTok. It would have been going nuts. I, man, this is just... Um, that's crazy how much we've... We've progressed technological-wise, but also regressed mm-hmm. intellectually. Yeah. Like we just kind of hit a... Like a stumbling part of our our growth in society. Um, anyway, I get off that tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I get off that one. But... Um, <laughs> Um, also, when I was a kid, like I was in sixth grade when the, the uh, April nineteenth bombing happened. Mm-hmm. Like um, I just remember playing outside after lunch. Uh, some kid came up to us and goes, "Hey, man, did you hear that there was somebody blew up a bank?" I go, "What? Where? Oklahoma City?" I was like, "Oh man, that's terrible." And this went about my day. Mm-hmm. And then we came in from recess. And uh, the teachers had the t- TV on, and they showed they showed that building. I was like, "That ain't no bank, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that ain't just like some, you know, what do you think? Like, I don't know, like, like cartoon bomb in your head, like the the black ball with the fuse. Mm-hmm. I thought it was something stupid like that. Yeah, I didn't know that like a good like half of a building, a gigantic building, was just gone. Yeah. And my cousin, man, like, he went to college. He was going to college in Edmond at the time. And when that thing went off, like, it shook, like, it shook all the desks. Wow. <sighs> I was like, dang, from Edmond? Whoa. Yeah. I was like, holy cow. Damn. But yeah, I was like, one of those, where were you when this happened? And where were you yeah. when that happened? I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> where were you when the world stopped turning? <laughs> On that September day. <laughs> like, I don't know the difference between Iraq and Iran. <laughs> I was like, you know, that would have kind of helped. Because we uh, went after the wrong country. We went after Iraq. And all the hijackers were Saudi Arabian, but nobody says anything. <laughs> like, well, oh, got- we don't care. Middle East is Middle East. <laughs> we're going to attack somebody. I've been hearing, like, all that was for oil, though. Like... That's 
the only reason why that happened was because of like oil and there's like conspiracy theories you guys talk about and it was like uh, i don't know if josh has brought that up but like the night before that happened september 11th there was like money missing and all of a sudden this thing happened to where nine trillion dollars to where there was no trace of that money anymore and it was yeah nine trillion nine trillion dollars just so happened to be mm-hmm. where'd it go yeah and like information's like that just coming out out of nowhere now and so i think about that now as an adult like damn yeah that really you, happened <laughs> listen we gotta go to the press tomorrow and explain why nine trillion dollars are gone <laughs> Unless we have some sort of diversion. All right, I can come up with something. Like, <laughs> I, I got it. Donald Rumsfeld. I got it. <laughs> Donald and Dick Cheney and all them. Man, that was, you know what? Like that, what a simpler time back then when that was like Donald, all we had to deal with was like Donald Rumsfeld and Dick Cheney and the, and the Bush administration. It mm-hmm. was like, holy cow, it's a, uh, it just gets progressively worse. <laughs> just, just worse all out. I was like, oh man, I remember the good times when Bush too was president. I'm like, oh, wait, those were simpler times. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Like talking to grown people, grown adults nowadays, yeah, who don't know what the world was like before September 11th. True. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, uh, my my dad talked about that. It's like, right. Wait a minute, aren't you like twenty five? I read that in a book. Yeah, yeah. I had my twentieth high school reunion uh, a couple years back, and um, they had like pictures on the screen where we we were at. They were showing like old high school pics and stuff of when is Wolford scrapbook. I'm just gonna say that it's Alex <laughs> Wolford scrapbook. If he's listening. <laughs> Like, I don't know who, what kind of dude has a scrapbook like that, but he, was, he had a good scrapbook. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> the bartender was, you know, she was handing out drinks and stuff, and I walked up there, and um, I go, can you guess what year that is? She goes, I don't know, 2000? I go, that's a good guess. How'd you know that? And she looked at the screen and went, my dad's that age. And I was like, oh, what, what? Whoa. I graduated that year. I was like, oh, crud. Like, give me a cup of olives. Because that's what I was doing for a while. I wouldn't, when I go to the bars, mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't order drinks. But if they had, like, green, uh, green olives, mm-hmm. I was like, give me a cup of that green. Like, I don't care how much it costs. I'll pay $10. Just give me a cup of green olives and a Diet Coke. And I find that. Pretty I mean, tasty. Pretty tasty. You could just you just chew on those, you know, green olives. You're gonna still you can still engage in like a party, and like the the bar settings, but mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, that's what I usually get. And then like this, I was trying to do comedy at the Starlight, and they weren't giving me green olives. Oh yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, how much for green olives? We don't sell green olives, and like. I went on stage and I just went on a tirade, just pointing at them, scolding them <laughs> for not selling <laughs> olives to me. And I was like, "You and your special olives and crap like that." 
Did you always want to do comedy? Because you just started that recently. Yeah, I've always wanted to do it. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I don't know. Um, man, I, at the time I, I went, I, I went through a, I was going through a divorce. I went, I already just got done getting divorced, mm. and I really hated my job. And I quit that job and had that divorce. And I went, you know what? What, what do I got to lose? I'm just going to I'm just going to do sign up at the open mic at the Looney bin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did. And just it was terrifying. But that terror, that terror, that that paranoia and that being scared gave me a rush. Mm-hmm. I'm in it for the rush. Like, well, I don't make money or get whatever that's 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 all fine and good but man it's like a rush like it takes a long time to even like after you do that like it could be like one two in the morning and i'm like i'm still up Mm -hmm. like i'm just like man i want to do can i do this tomorrow that's how much of a rush it is Mm -hmm. i mean i understand why comics have the bug and just have to go do it like i I need a stage i need to go because they probably addicted to that that feeling of adrenaline you get because man nothing nothing replicates it mm-hmm. well i mean I, I, i've only tried a couple of drugs just marijuana and tylenol <laughs> <laughs> and maybe i had percocets like once but that was from a surgery but like yeah other than that man like i'm mean, asking man nothing it's a it's and then when you hear people laugh at what you're saying mm-hmm. i don't know if it's some sort of a validation or something, but it's uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty um, intoxicating. Mm-hmm. I the best way I could put that. Um, but sometimes you'll get a, the cold a cold dead room, like when you hit like open mics up. It's kind of a toss up because you'll have people there to just want to drink and watch fucking basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to cuss. I'm trying to worry. We're going. <laughs> But trying to watch, they're watch, like watching basketball, uh-huh. and like you know, not paying attention, or they're loud at the bar. You know, like one time there was some, some old, uh, let's just say rich, <laughs> look like, look like rich men being older, rich men being loud at the bar. Uh-huh. And so I called them out, and I was like, "Is it wrong, hey gentlemen, you at the bar? Is it wrong to beat your robot wife?" <laughs> 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 And they wouldn't answer. I uh-huh. go, it's a simple question. It's a yes or no answer. Is it wrong? I mean, say your robot wife burns macaroni and cheese or whatever you guys eat. I don't know. Mm. Is it wrong to beat your robot wife? And, man, those guys just dipped on out. And I, they, and I gave them fist bumps on their way out. And, was, <laughs> and they fist bumped me. Like, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they wouldn't answer that. And then another comedian got mad because he was like, I was doing the robot wife bit way before. I was like, all right. Like, I didn't know. Uh-huh. I didn't know you were holding on to that robot <laughs> wife. And then, and then, like, my buddy Fred come on stage and talked about, well, since we're in, talking about robot wives. <laughs> and that was like the theme of the night was everybody talking about robot wives. Uh-huh. But, yeah, open mic, man. It, but w- when you're like on a poster and people want to like people know they're going to go watch comedy. Mm-hmm. Those are the best rooms. Like, Oh man, like they, they come to, they, 
either pay their good money or they come out of they come out they have to park they gotta you know drive to the show that takes time out of their day because they mm-hmm. want to watch comedy and that's that's uh that's the crowd you want yeah not the open mic crowd like we're here because uh it's so-and-so's birthday and what are you guys doing over here on a mic talking you know mm-hmm. like you try to get their attention either you do or you don't i mean that doesn't matter you can be the best comedian you still have the coldest room and yeah it happens to everybody it's uh it's 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 humbling. It's a humbling experience. <laughs> it is. I'm no comedian, but like I, I, you got comedic timing though. You're a good host. You host a, of the year. So when I went to Vegas, um, I didn't really know about time and stuff because everything changes right on the dot. And so at first it was like ten minutes. I was like, okay, five minutes. Then went from like five to three. I just say shit that's like relatable. Like uh, in Vegas, I talked about how oh, I was just constantly sweating, constantly sweating, and it turned to cramping, and I thought I was gonna die. And me and Zebedee were like bunked up together, and so I walked all the way down the strip, came back. I thought I was having a fucking heart attack or a stroke because my cramps were so like I couldn't control them. And I was trying to be quiet because I didn't want to wake up Zebediah. And I just went with that, like, on stage. But I made it, like, I was acting out stuff, and it didn't sound real. Yeah. But people were, like, laughing. Like, the main ones that were laughing, though, were uh, we had some people from Oklahoma. And they were, like, fucking cracking up. Because they, they were, like, us, too. Like, us, too. <laughs> like, that's how we felt when we got here. Like, we just sweated and, like, we're almost, like, about to die. And it was so relatable and... And they came up to me after the whole thing, and they're just like, they had like a weird combination for me. They're like, you remind us of a uh, fluffy Gabriel Iglesias mm-hmm. and Dave Chappelle, and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, how? I was like, why? That's a weird combination. And then they're like, oh, like just like your timing and your storytelling. And I was like, man, I just winged it, dude. I was like, I had nothing written out. I had stuff written out for like 10 minutes, but I didn't have enough time for that. And so I just kind of, I just winged it. I wung it, as I said in that one episode. And Yeah. And so, but that was that was cool. And then when I did Stenjati, I had some jokes on that, but dead crowd. So it kind of like, I, did, I said kind of the same stuff from that show to that one. But it, yeah, it's like, you don't know what kind of crowd you're going to have, but you still got to do it. Fill the room out if you can or not, but people were just there to drink anyways and yeah, have fun, you know. And so I did what I did. It was a bar, so I kind of, I kind of, I kind of expected like people to just be mingling with they with each other. It's the mm-hmm. weekend, and and they just want to hear some music. But I thought that was pretty cool that Stinjati asked me to do that. I was like, man, I'm no comedian, but I'll host it and I'll try to make people laugh. But I just go up there and. It's fucking scary. It's really scary. Like, people don't understand, like, like what we do is, like, podcasting. But people think, like, it's an easy transition from here to there when everybody's, like, watching you. Like, even when we did the live podcast, like, I was, like, kind of terrified. Yeah. But I remember Josh gave me that hit of that, uh, 
whatever it was, it was, uh, he's like, hey, he's like, you want to hit? And I was like, yeah, I guess. And I hit it. And he said, uh, what did he say? He said, uh, oh, that's, um, what's the powerful one? For all those vape, was it a vape? It thing? was a vape. I think it was one of those little Wayne. Uh, little Wayne got a little vape thing. Uh-huh. It looks like a little Darth Vader. I call it a little Vader. Little Vader. <laughs> That's what I call it. Man, you in that Darth Vader vape, dude? That's powerful stuff. <laughs> I'm get you. He'll grab you. I know what you're, what you're talking about because at that time he was smoking those. I forgot the name or of it. Those. I forgot the name of like the what we were smoking, but he's oh yeah, that's this. And I looked at him. I was like, man, I've never done that before. And like that show, I was just like trying not to flip out. Yeah. But I was listening. I was listening to you guys talking everything, and I remember Magnez was like, "You're kind of quiet up there." I was like, "Bro, I was like tripping. I was trying not to like trip out because I hit that, and I don't smoke a lot." Yeah. And I hit that, and I was like so strong for me, and I just remember like sitting up there, and when I get high, sometimes like. The things people say can freak me out. Yeah. And I'll start overthinking a lot of stuff. And that's why, like, I don't really, like, smoke a lot because I'll freak myself out and I'll scare myself, I guess. <laughs> like, I got high with my cousin one time and she started talking about zombies. And I really started thinking, like, man, what if that really happened? I was like, what would I do? And I, I, got, I got so scared in that moment. And I had to talk myself out of that mindset of, like, that won't happen. <laughs> like that. That's well, not. Well, you real. always gotta have a zombie. <laughs> you always gotta have a zombie contingent plan. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we all know it might not happen or never will happen, but you never know. You never know well, what people are capable of creating. Um, are we talking about the kind that are, uh, yeah. like, slowly <laughs> drag themselves, or are we talking about like some meth head? World War Z? Yeah, World War Z kind of. Yeah. Ah, well, they ain't going after me. I'm diabetic. Like, ah, we, ain't, we ain't wasting our teeth on that guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what a... Got sclerosis. Some guy runs, they run by you. What am I, chopped liver? <laughs> no, you got a bad one. That's why. Oh, you're not, you're not a healthy host. They can smell it on you. <laughs> you run by me and Magic Johnson. He got AIDS and I got diabetes. <laughs> but yeah, you always gotta have a contingent. I mean, um, I'm not really worried about rural rural folk uh-huh. in the zombie contingent. It's uh, people in urban areas. <sighs> Shoot, I mean, I know <laughs> I'm in. I'm in a facility right now in this nursing home that they they just gonna drop what they're doing and <laughs> I mean, so, well, we don't need to watch these folks. <laughs> Except that uh, episode in um, uh, the Walking Dead mm-hmm. where those like like cholo looking guys or they look tough and everything. They're oh yeah, gang members, but they're like really they were staff members at a nursing home, mm-hmm. and so they d- didn't want to leave their. Uh, the elderly behind, so they stayed. And so I was like, you never know, man. Might have some tough cholo dudes is looking after old folks. It'd be hard to get in here, though. It would be. There's codes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's up, codes. They change, and them all the, they change them frequently. Do they? Yeah. It's never the same code in the I'd, same day or two days in a row or something. I'd probably come here then. 
if there's a zombie outbreak. Yeah. I'm sure there's food here. Some drinks. Yep. And people wouldn't even know it was going on in here. True. Uh, I mean, I'm serious. Like, I wouldn't even, yeah. I wouldn't have known. I'm like, oh, yeah, a zombie outbreak happened. I'm like, well, you couldn't <laughs> tell here. I thought the zombies were in here. <laughs> I'm telling you, Russell, being in here, the jokes just tend to write themselves. Yeah. You can't make this stuff up. Like, <laughs> there's the main television in there. And they had, they're watching some old black and white show, and it had like a circus setting in it. And I walked in and went, What are they, trapeze artists? <laughs> and these old people turned around, Huh? <laughs> went, Nothing. Never mind. I'm out of here. And just wheeled on out of this room. I was like, Man, I'm tired of being. I'm like the baby in this. <laughs> I'm the young guy in here. Well, when we did that one pod, didn't, didn't you say they were calling you lung, young lad yep, or something? Young lad. <laughs> yes, young lad. I was like, young lad? Shit, all right, man. I'm the youngest guy I've been here. <laughs> I, have a, I have a great grandson your age. I'm like, yeah. How old are you in here? <laughs> She's 96 years old. Wow, for real? Yeah. Yeah, physical therapy for most people is just playing in Play-Doh. Man, you just... Hmm, really? You know what I suggest for people to do is just um, learn to just do... You ever see a flat-footed, like, third-world squat? Like, when people, like, in other... Not not Western countries, but Mm -hmm. when they go to poop... They, oh yeah, they got to squat yeah. all the way. Down. I think if we, as a like people in the West or Americans especially, if we just learn to do that, because that's like better for your digestive system and your, it doesn't create constipation and you know it's um, you're not cutting off your low your <laughs> your business back there, um, and it promotes like a lot of. If you can do that, your heart's healthy too mm-hmm. and so i think more if we because we adopted the toilet i mean that's what that's why we're that's why we do that uh-huh you know because uh the, the western toilet has messed up our digestive systems because we're not supposed to that that's not unnatural way of going to the bathroom really yep potty talk i mean it's potty talk here <laughs> <laughs> the potty cast <laughs> yeah there's a guy on TikTok that, well, I've saw it done before on South Park, where they use the back tank as like a reading space, I guess, mm-hmm. and you and you face that part. And there's a guy on TikTok. I don't know if you watched that episode or what, but I just saw this like a couple of days ago, and he was like, he wasn't using the toilet. He just went in there and he was filming himself, and he said, "This is how you do it." And he sat down, like, facing the tank. And he was basically doing the same things they were doing. He was like, look, he's like, look how comfortable I am. He's like, I can lean my arms on the tank. He's like, I could chill. I could read. He's like, this is how we should be doing it. And a lot of people were, like, in this comment section, like, South Park already did this. Like, have you never watched it? But he was, like, going on them saying, no, I don't know what that is. I don't know what South Park is. <laughs> so there's, like, a, I don't know if he's, like, being truthful or what but he's like dead serious like this is how you use it and i've been wanting to try it like that but i don't know i'm not comfortable i'm not i've always been like this like 
making my mm-hmm. making my legs numb with my elbows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just sitting there on my phone. I, <laughs> you know, when you guys were doing this one of those second live podcasts when I was in the hospital, mm-hmm. I thought I hit a low point because I had to use a commode, mm-hmm. and so I felt like I, I was like, man, this. This can't be any worse. Well, it can get worse because mm-hmm. uh, I found out bedpans are completely whole different way. <laughs> no, I, I I refuse. I was like, nope, I'm not. I'm not using this bedpan. I'm. I don't care if I gotta walk on these these bloody feet. I'm not using it. I'm going to the bathroom. And like, no, you're not. Well, then I ain't using the bathroom then. I'm I'm holding it in. <laughs> and I did. I feel it was the most painful thing. I've. But yeah, I will not use that bedpan. It's like it's like. You know those paint roller, <laughs> those paint roller, uh, <laughs> plastic, whatever those things you paint, you do that. It's just like shitting in one of those. And yeah. You get, you <laughs> oh, okay. Angle, yeah. You got to lay down and like, oh no. And then, heaven <laughs> forbid you roll and you got to roll on your, st- and then it's a whole, it's a process. I was like, nope, I ain't doing that. <laughs> so bedpans are way worse, way worse than what I was going through. <laughs> I wish I had a commode. <laughs> I wish. What? Watch a quantum leap. Watching the Jimmy episode. But no, but it get worse. Me watching Sports Center in the co- with a in the bedpan. And it's, it's like shitting in a paint roller. There's a story I was told. Uh, I don't know if I should name him. He told the story on an episode, but. I don't want to just out him, but he told it on our on this other pod we were doing. And when he was in the hospital, I think for COVID, uh, he was like on the respirator and stuff. And he had to use a bedpan. And it's when he first got there, he knew he had to fucking blow it up. Yeah. He knew he had to like fucking send a nuke and... He didn't know, like, he had to use a bedpan. He thought he would just go to the bathroom. But they wanted him in the bed and to use the fucking bedpan. And he kept saying, no, no. <laughs> he begged him. He begged him. He was like, no, please. Like, I know, like, what I'm going to do. And that nurse just kept saying, no, go ahead. I'm used to it. And it took him a long time to just say, fuck it. Like, because he had to go. And he said he turned, got got situated and that lady was like holding it and man he went to town just kept going and he's like he's like man he's like, i don't know why but that was the worst shit i've ever taken <laughs> of, course. of course it is it's the worst it's the worst it's the he said i felt bad for that lady because she just had to sit there and listen <laughs> smell it possibly feel it and then take it out and <laughs> try to dispose of it yeah but he cracked me up man I, I could not stop laughing and he just said like he's like now nah, i can overcome anything <laughs> you can do all things you can, you can if you could do that man yeah it's um i feel like i'm like guys i don't want to shit this bedpan because I don't want y'all to clean it up. I, I just don't. I, I have the fear of people cleaning up after me when yeah. it comes to stuff like that. And it's yeah. just to me, it's just. Oh man, I can't. I just can't. I can't have somebody 
take you, care of me. Like, like I just you care too much. Yeah, that's I how wanna, I am too. I don't want to burden somebody. Yeah, with uh, having to clean up me, like mm-hmm. because I did this. Like, yeah, and so yeah, I know exactly what that guy felt. Mm-hmm. I, I know exactly. Yeah, the bedpan is 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 a. But on the other hand, you use the bathroom more naturally. It just goes through. Oh yeah. Like it just you don't you'd be surprised like the kind of like when you sit like you know when you're sitting upright and you use mm-hmm. the bathroom, it just has a whole different set of muscles. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just laying down, it just it just shoots. It just <laughs> just like it's like an airplane landing. <laughs> That's why they call them skid marks, I guess, on the <laughs> runway. That's what. Like just, but yeah, that, God, it's terrible. It's terrible. You open me up with Barbara Walters here. This is the special. <laughs> potty talk. Potty talk. Yep, it's um, potty mouth here. It's, <laughs> so yeah, people, get yourself checked out. Get, I mean. If, an ounce of preparation is worth more than a pound of flesh. Yeah. You just sometimes, you know, you got to just bite the bullet. and get, If people got that toothache, go get that toothache looked at. Mm. Don't let it go to a point where it's set, you know, like to the point where you got swollen gums and you can't chew. You're always in a bad mood. Like, man, what's up with you? Man, he got a hurt tooth is all. Mm. So go to the goddamn dentist. I'm saying that because I'm not, I'm, I'm. I'm just kind of going back how I felt on a bad tooth. I just let it go bad. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was grumpy all the time. I was, you know, taking ibuprofen every day. Um, and whatever whatever pain medication, well, like Tylenol and aspirin, I would never do anything beyond that. Mm-hmm. I could get my hands on because, like, well, my tooth, oh. Always grumpy. But once I got... That taken care of. Life's pretty all right. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have ate tortilla chips the day they <laughs> fixed that problem, but I went and went to Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Keep eating it. But back to potty talk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, the first, like, I, I know exactly because the commode thing. Because that happened to me when I was in the hospital in Tulsa. I was like, oh, my God. No. Yeah, you got to use a commode. And I was like, no, please don't let me don't clean up after me. And um, I was like, dang. I, yeah, of course, the biggest the biggest one I could ever take in, <laughs> ever in my life. So I happened to take place, and somebody had to clean up after me. And I was like, oh, this is this is embarrassing. Yeah. This is totally embarrassing. That's my thing, too. I care too much for that person. But I know they say, like, oh, it's my job. But it's still, it's like. Yeah, it's like, and you know what they do? They go home and tell their significant others about their job. <laughs> and go, oh, I can't wait. I got to finish night school so I can go back to. <laughs> only, we're only a couple. We're only like a year away, babe. Just hold on to cleaning up shit. We're, <laughs> we're going to start our business. We're going to get, get away that, from this. About to get that rap deal. Yeah. <laughs> About to be signed. You know what? I heard it's not even worth it anymore for people to sign, get rap deals, and oh, all yeah. that. Because it's a, it's, it's almost like a predatory lending scheme. Yeah. Like you give somebody a, all right, we gave you a rap deal. Here's a million dollars for an advance. Yeah. And then, like they go in debt to the company store. Like, 
Oh yeah, you still owe us, but you know, interest mm-hmm. for this loan you took out. I was like, yeah, dang, I'd rather just sell CDs out of my car. Yeah, and then just keep pocket all the money for myself. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching uh, Straight Outta Compton and how that guy did Easy E and the rest of everybody else. Jerry Heller? Yeah, Jerry Heller. And the one that figured it out was Ice Cube. And there's a scene that <laughs> when he's like in a room and he's kind of lighted crazy, and Ice Cube's like, What are you, the Godfather or something? And he's just sitting there with the contract. And he was like, not in the mood for joking around. And he just said, like, here's this. Look over it. Sign it. And we're done. And Ice Cube's like, I need a lawyer to look at this. And he said, no, you don't. Just sign it. And he said, uh, here's this, too. I think it was like 75 grand. And he's like, okay. He's like, I'll take this. And he said, no, you got to sign this first. And then they started talking about the, the show's that they did and all the money that they made. And that guy, Jerry was like, no, he's like, where do you think all the money goes for you to, to fund all this stuff? And then they just got into it about like, man, I wrote this stuff and we're performing and we're entertaining. And like, that's our money. That's when he left. And another one is, uh, the Tupac movie Mm -hmm. when he goes to Suge and he's like, man, I'm done with my three albums. I'm out. And Suge Knight's like, well, let's see about that. And he pulls that book out, and there's, like, all these, like, charges of clothes and cars and all these things that Tupac now owes Suge Knight's company. Yeah, you got the albums done, but now you owe us, like, fucking hundred thousands of dollars to get out of your deal. And I was like, man. But now it's, like, more stories of, like, it's a loan, pretty much. Mm-hmm. You're getting this loan, and... I mean, I get it because I wouldn't understand it either. I'd take the money, sign the contract, but you have to make that money back, what they give you. And, yeah, it's, like, really shady, like, because I remember growing up, man, everybody wanted to be a rapper. Everybody wanted to get signed. Yeah. And, but the way to go is, like, that independent route that wasn't wasn't very uh, known about, I guess. And people would shit on independent artists. They'd be like... Well, we do numbers because we got marketing, promoting, we got commercials, we got this and that, and we got people shooting our music videos, but in the end, you would have to owe for all that stuff. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, people will get the money up front for that. Yeah. And they get marketing, promoting, and all that, but they have to pay for it. Yeah. It comes out of that that loan, that money. So yeah. You're, why go into debt when you could just do it yourself? Yeah. I, I totally believe in a DIY. Like, Oki Podcast is DIY. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to do it yourself. Because if not, man, I mean, who else is going to do it for you? Yeah. You know, and... Man, I... Yeah, the... I mean, they obviously take advantage of... Um, I mean, let's be realistic. Um, they dangle money in front of people that are of a lower socioeconomic... Yeah. You know, uh, upbringing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody's family been struggling their whole, you know, yeah, I'll take that money. And then, but then don't spend it right. Like, you know, yeah. um, 
uh, buying buying frivolous stuff like stuff, cars, uh, jewelry, uh, just different different things that lose their value like mm-hmm. as soon as you have it. Yeah, like they're the um, yeah something that like once you drive a car off the lot, it's already yeah, it's already uh, <laughs> it's its value is already and even if you just try to take it back. Like oh yeah well uh, it's probably like thirty to fifteen to thirty percent difference because now it's a used car and we can't you, know, you drove it off the lot yeah yeah things uh, depreciation yeah of goods like nobody buys land or nobody wants to buy anything that appreciates over time and that's what I do I would have bought land yeah I would have bought a shitload of land I would have been a land baron. But you know, that's where I I find value in, like you know, buying land. Uh, shoot, I'd I'd have it just to have it. I yeah. Mean, pay, I mean, I don't know what the taxes would be. <laughs> Holy cow! But then, like you know, they say like the hardest millions to make is the first one, and once you can make a million dollars, man, it's hard. It's it's easy because you. If you have a million dollars, you could show a bank that you have a million dollars, and they'll give you money mm-hmm. because you have a million dollars, and and you can't stop making money once you hit, you know, a certain have a certain amount of uh, money and uh, what they call that uh, not equ- not equity uh, a certain amount of uh, you know. Money, money built up. Yeah, and that's all. That's all. Elon Musk does it. He has his billion dollars of stock, and he always puts that up for like uh, loans. And the companies keep giving him loans because his um, collateral is the billion dollars of stock that he has for Tesla and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps the process just keeps going over and over again. And that's how he keeps getting more and more money. The rich keep getting rich for a reason. Yeah. And I don't know any shit about getting rich. I just, <laughs> I know I blow it. I blow it hard. <laughs> I don't know what, I, I don't know how frivolous I'd get. My favorite movie growing up was, um, was a Richard Pryor movie called Brewster's Millions. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Pryor plays a uh, retired baseball player. He has a rich uncle. His uncle offers him either just $1 million dollars Tax-free, straight up, walk away. Or you can inherit $300 million. But the catch is with the $300 million is you have to spend $30 million in 30 days. Hmm. Well, you can't tell anybody why you're spending 30 You can't tell them that's part of the contest. Mm-hmm. Or you have to get the $300 million. But and you, have to, you can't destroy anything. You just can't break just can't go buy like five Lamborghinis and just blow mm. them up. You have to can't you can't destroy anything which is inherently valuable. Mm-hmm. And he has to keep all the receipts for all of his purchases. And Richard Pryor learns in the show like as soon as he started having millions, it was hard to lose millions mm-hmm. because more money just created more money just created more money. Yeah. Like he tried to gamble it and he couldn't. He kept winning dollars <laughs> yeah, he bets. Like 
Don't you ever place a bet in this town again. Like, <laughs> like he betting on everything, betting on field hockey. I bet a million dollars Loyola wins. Like, what? You want a 15 to 100? And he just kept winning, oh, you know, stock man. market. Like, he had like a – his buddy had like a financial advisor. And so his buddy took some of his money and like made him even more money. He's like, crap. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Because he couldn't tell anybody why he was having, the, he was trying to get three hundred million dollars. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, once you have that kind of money, it's hard to not have money. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy system we live in. But yet, you broke. You still live in that same cycle of brokenness, man. Living check to check, living. Oh man, we're gonna make it. We, well, gonna, you know, if you're on E, you just kind of. You kind of look at that E gauge, and you just kind of just tilt your head over a little bit to the left, so you go, "Oh, I got," it. and squint one eye and look at that little, that little <laughs> dot, and like, mm, "I can make it three days." <laughs> like, man, who? Like, maybe an old birthday card might show up. Oh, I found out it was your birthday from an aunt. She's like, "I got you twenty bucks." Yes, <laughs> I can afford to go to work. <laughs> like, I can't. I can't go to work. Why? Because I can't afford it. I just can't afford the gas. To get to work today, <laughs> and that's such a reality in this country, in in this world. Like, yeah. Like, hey, man, I, I gotta call in sick. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't, I ain't got enough gas to get around, get to work today. Like, because <laughs> that's happened to me before. Like, damn it, I'm broke. And hell, sometimes I bought gas and just took off and didn't pump it. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, one time I got high and I was like, hey, man, I'm gonna go get gas before I go to work. Man, I paid that my last ten bucks too. <laughs> I just drove off. <laughs> I got to work when God <laughs> shit, man. I didn't even pump my gas. <laughs> I gotta quit getting high and go to these group homes. <laughs> but yeah. Dang it. Yeah, so money is the son of a gun in this world. It just depends on how you use it. Yeah. And I was told that even if you gave, all right, say the world's money was, we just distributed it evenly. Mm-hmm. So everybody gets a fair share. They said even in 50 years, the same people that had the money would get it all back. Mm. Like even if we distribute all money evenly, mm-hmm. the same people, the same families, and the same system, um, the the, the same people would get that all the money back anyway because so many people are so financially illiterate mm-hmm. that you know you ever hear like lottery winners they win five million and all of a sudden yeah. five years later they they're even more in debt than they were before they had the millions because they're financially illiterate man mm-hmm. they just they don't know how to invest or re um, they spend their money just frivolously they buy Things that de- depreciate. Like, yeah. You know, hey, man, I'm going to live. <laughs> YOLO, you only live once or <laughs> whatever the kids are saying <laughs> these days. So, yeah. But, yeah, I always wanted to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the PlayStation 2. Um, was It It was like an MTV beat maker. Mm-hmm. Beat maker 2. And we played on a... Um, we played the PlayStation on the television, and my buddy had his tape player hooked up 
to the TV or to the TV. Mm-hmm. That way, it's audio output. You can record on the tape. Oh, and so we, we used to make beats on that tape. Mm-hmm. We'd fall freestyle rap in the basement and stuff. In his grandma's basement and stuff. And <laughs> it was funny. I, I I bumped into his kids. Like I, I was doing a presentation for the tribe, the cultural center. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that's so-and-so, son. I go, oh, yeah, for real. Like, yeah. I go, so-and-so's your daddy? He goes, yeah. I said, man, I remember we used to make, like, mixtapes. <laughs> I used to rap with your dad in your grandma's basement. I'm like, what? Did, for real? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was a long time ago, though. Like, no. We used to drink Ponka Punch. <laughs> trying to freestyle rap down in, my, down in his grandma's basement. <laughs> Yeah, we're getting rugged. Don't you have a song on SoundCloud? I do. Yeah, I, I remember that now. Right, it's called now I Ain't, I ain't Doing up. Shit. <laughs> but shit is like spelled with a money. Oh, yeah. So, like, I'm not doing money hit? Like, uh-huh. yeah, I was like, no, I'm, I ain't doing shit. But <laughs> my, co- my nephew and my cousin, they were making a rap song. Uh-huh. Like, and I was hanging out with my at my nephew's house. And... um they made a song and they're making it. They're working on it for like three or four hours, and finally it was like three in the morning. I said, "Is it my turn? Is it my turn to make a song?" <laughs> like, yeah. I said, "Man, just give me a beat." And like, oh well, you want? I said, "Man, just throw down any beat. I don't care." Mm-hmm. And they threw it down, and like, I was like, "I just made up shit on the fly." I was like, "I ain't doing the dishes. I ain't, I ain't doing the laundry." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, there's uh, there's some uh, not safe for work lyrics <laughs> on there talking about talking about what I ain't doing but what I am doing. <laughs> and uh, my rap name was called Old Prairie Chicken. Oh yeah. Like, Why Old Prairie Chicken? Because you know what? I thought it'd be hilarious. <laughs> I thought like one day, like what if I was Old Prairie Chicken, the rapper, the the 38 year old rapper. And still keeping on to the dream. Like, say I did snag a uh, a fan, mm-hmm. and she went to her friends and bragged, I snagged old prairie chicken last night. And they're like, what? I just wanted somebody to say that <laughs> sentence. Like, what? Who'd you snag? <laughs> old prairie chicken. And they're like, oh, my God, you. You snagged a dude named Old Perry Chicken. <laughs> yeah, the rapper. The one who sings I ain't doing shit. <laughs> so like, I just in my mind I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I mean it never happened, but I had a you know a thirty year old can thirty eight year old can dream at the time. I wanted to be the first forty year old XXL freshman rapper. I wanted to be in that group. I wanted to be like old head, like <laughs> Just tell them, old head. Like my old prairie chicken in. Getting them old chicken hands. The freshman cipher. Yeah, Yeah, I wanted to be the freshman. I wanted to be in the freshman cipher. Be the only 40-year-old. Like, man, never too late to start. (laughs) Life after divorce. (laughs) Life from gray horse. Life after divorce. That would be be old prairie chicken's... uh, Debut album. The title? Yep. <laughs> Starring the crunk song, Don't Get Me Pissed Because I'm Quick With The Fist. <laughs> I'd get I'd get 
ooh, like a lot of people would do their verses and lyrics. I'd always, I don't know, <laughs> I'd always get slammed. I get poetry slammed <laughs> by these, by other rappers. <laughs> I wasn't the worst, but I wasn't the best. I was, I was somewhat in the lower half of the middle of the road. <laughs> but there was other people worse than me. Had no sense of rhythm or timing. Would you freestyle in the locker room? No, no. We, we would just freestyle like driving around. Oh. Like just farting around, driving around in the car, smoking, mm-hmm. you know, guy smoking bud in the car, uh, having fat attacks. That's what <laughs> <laughs> One time I was in a car and we were, all, we were parked and we were all passing around. There's like four of us. And then just out of nowhere, I was just going, uh, 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 doing that. Like this, I thought it was funny. Yeah. And I zoned out just going, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and my buddy, man, uh, said, watch out. He's having a fat attack. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, man, like, <laughs> fat attack. I was just, <laughs> just it stuck then. I was like, like a homie of mine, like, Greg, he he always called me Fat Lad, mm-hmm. like because my last name's Lastly. Uh, Lastly, my lad. Hey, Fat Lad. <laughs> I was like, you mother, you son of a bitch. You call me Fat Lad again, I'll, I'll slap the shit out of you. <laughs> and so, like, he called me Fat Lad again, and so like, I, I went outside. We said, all right, man, we're gonna slap box. If I win, you can't ever call me Fat Lad again. Mm-hmm. But if you win, you can call me Fat Lad all you want. And so we went out and slapped box. And I slapped him around. <laughs> and then so I was Slap like, you can't ever around. call me fat lad again. Well, since I told that story, uh-huh. everybody started calling me fat lad. Uh, I was like, so it, it, I try sand effect myself. Yeah. Like, by trying to prevent myself from being called fat lad, everybody called me fat lad. It's like the wrestling story. Yeah, it's like the wrestling story. It just <laughs> tends to backfire. <laughs> I'm like, you should just let it go. You <laughs> Went from one person you calling you that. just actually tried to beat him. <laughs> now, mind you, that guy that, you know, sl- sprawled on me and put me in the hospital, He right now he's like six foot seven. Whoa. Maybe like 320 pounds, but he's not like fat. He's mm. built like Zangief off Street Fighter. You know, I should have yeah. just, just tried to wrestle him and let him, not let him, but just would have got beat by him anyway. Mm. But at the time, the guy wasn't aggressive. Like, he didn't know he was six foot. At the time, he was only six foot six, six five, maybe like 275. At the time, he didn't know he was big. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people that don't realize they're big until they're grown men. Yeah. And everyone else is just tiny. He didn't realize that, I don't think, until he got older. But yeah, he, he's like, oh, man, I felt bad. I'm sorry I put you to Like, dude, it's all right, man. I shouldn't have got my head down. Like, that was my fault. Mm-hmm. Well, you made it look good. We made it look good. It's <laughs> legit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, now he's like even bigger, and now he does jujitsu, and now oh. he's even even more scarier, more deadlier. He is more deadlier. He definitely is that. And um, <laughs> yeah, t- things just tend to backfire when you just um, try to do more, try to be extra. Like, I'll beat you up. Don't call me Fat Lad. And then Fat Lad stuck. They called me Chef for a minute. Because the same guy, 
The same guy called me Fat Lad, <laughs> and a couple <laughs> other guys. They, uh, I, we had a health book, mm-hmm. and um, inside the health book was this like chef dude. He kind of a little tiny little dwarf man. He mm-hmm. wore big glasses, and he was like, I don't know. I think he was like maybe uh, from uh, one of those islands out in the middle of the, one of those Pacific Islanders. Mm-hmm. But I wore glasses at the time. And he looked like a miniature version of me. <laughs> and mind you, this is before memes happened. Yeah. Those guys took that book and copied that off. And then, like, made that page and then wrote Isaiah. <laughs> and then oh Chef. And then they put it on every locker uh-huh. at the school and just dispersed it everywhere. <laughs> and, like, I, can't, I saw it as, damn it. Like, there's some bitches I slapped on. I went and kicked one in the head and slapped the other one. I was like, you motherfuckers, I kill, I kill you. And so I had a, I've had it in my back pocket. Uh-huh. And, like, I was just kind of down and bummed, and I was at home. And my parents were like, what's the matter, Isaiah? I was like, man. And I pulled that paper out. <laughs> Does this look like me? <laughs> and my, I showed my dad. And my dad opened it up, and man, just started cracking up, just started laughing. And he goes, hey, honey. And my mom was cooking dinner at the time. She goes, hey, honey, man, you got to come in here and look at this. And she showed me that picture. My dad showed her that picture. Man, she started laughing. And then she told my sister, hey, you got to come look at this. And then she looked at it and laughed. And it was like, it was like this guy was stirring his back getting caught, like, like it was kind of he had kind of a buck too, <laughs> but in all fairness, that guy looked exactly like me, like a miniature version of me. And w- the next day, I went to school and I grabbed everybody's health book because I remember it was like page one sixty two. I just remembered that, and I ripped out every one sixty two <laughs> that that school had to offer in that health book. Uh, I was like, nope, give me a, give me your book. Like I was kind of. <laughs> I was kind of bigger. I was kind of deboing about it, and there were people hiding their books because they were like, "No, we ain't gonna. St- we're not gonna let him. We're not gonna let him have it. We're gonna. We're gonna keep more copies." And they did. They kept copies on it. And they every once in a while they'd throw up a fr- a chef, a chef picture at me, and so like for the rest of high school, guys would call me chef and fat lad, and <laughs> and then what was that like? Somebody called me Chief Triple Chin, like what? yeah. He said, what's going on, Chief Triple Chin? God. At the time, I was like 300 pounds. Uh-huh. And I was like, damn it, that's a good one. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> like, dang it, I, I can't get mad at that. Like, that's a good one, Chief Triple Chin. <laughs> like, I had a whole bunch of them, like Puddin. Yeah, but people call me Puddin. Like, I was like, what the? That <laughs> was doughy. I was a doughy freshman. And... <laughs> I, it took like my freshman year. I had to choke a dude out to get like to get people to leave me alone. Like <laughs> so I'm getting my respect. Like, hey, uh. <laughs> I put him in the Bob Backlund crossface chicken wing. <laughs> try to separate his shoulder from his neck, and ever since then, man, like all the upperclassmen just left me alone. So <laughs> it was like I had to pick you. Yeah. Sorry, I had to pick one, pick you out to do that. I just had to get my respect. Like, <laughs> and they did after that. They were, 
But yeah, like, you know, life, you just had, um, you got to roll with the punches on the, you know, people talking, talking crap, getting yeah, the bullies. I, I never called it bully. I just called it, you know, just giving you, giving you shit. Mm-hmm. You know, if you give shit, you got, or you get shit, you just give shit back. Mm-hmm. And people respect you for it. I mean, that's what I've, I've learned over, over the years and over time. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I was like, man, uh, my family was more, uh, they teased hard. So I just kind of learned to just tease hard back because your family members are your worst, are the worst ones. <laughs> I mean, especially with Indian families. You got, like, cousins and, you know, uncles and aunts and. You know, you you gotta you gotta learn to be quick, and that's what I think about why, like Tulsa, well not Tulsa, but like the native comedy scene here, mm-hmm. man, it's just on the cusp. Yeah, it's on the cusp of like bigger than what it. Could, I mean, I feel like it's at the ground level, like mm-hmm. especially you know we just had comedian the other pod, uh, man, like Keelan. Uh, Bear Paul, uh, Brent Dio, Julie, mm-hmm. uh, Maker or Julie Make, um, Rachel, Rachel Rose, uh, Kales Coop, Cooper, uh, Jordan J.I., Zebediah, No Fire, uh, Dakota Six Killer. I mean, you got a stack lineup, just, mm-hmm. just funny, just funny, especially if you got a room full of Indians, packed house, man. Man, it's contagious. Yeah. It makes more people want to be comedians. Mm-hmm. And it just, um, it grows the community. And I like that because, like, especially since, you know, uh, Reservation Dogs, uh, more productions coming through around here. Yeah. I think that opened up people to want to pursue comedy because mm-hmm. it only created the scene even more. And, oh, yeah. For, uh, Fred Bear Track. Uh, man, there's others, man. I mean, just that's just here in the Tulsa area mm-hmm. or uh, north central Oklahoma or, you know, green country, as they call it, yeah. as they call it around here. And, um, and it'll just keep the list will just keep growing and hopefully the scene grows. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm very proud of, you know, all I mean, all those native comedians, because, man, you know, you see where they start. Where they were about a year ago to like where they are now. I mean, mm-hmm. just getting your reps in, just uh, getting your stage time, and man, it's uh, I've come a long way. Uh, and they're, they're really good ones. I, I like I like Brent and Keelan's uh, bits. <laughs> what is it? Uh, I know my. I know my baby, like the single mom joke. Oh yeah, that's the killer. I mean, for yeah. uh, for Keelan, that's that gets me every time. And um, I really like that setup they had at that Yuchi house. Oh yeah, you know it's almost like a natural like mm-hmm. um, amphitheater because with like you know you could sit your chairs on that side of that hill mm-hmm. and just the the way it's kind of set up. I mean, I mean that's perfect for. Outdoor comedy for just comedy. Yeah, you know I like the the stage as a trailer. Yeah, yeah. You know I had a really good time at that uh, little wars on the res. I can't. I mean, and that's a good spot to have it. Yeah. Uh, at that that field, man. It's it. I was like, man. I was like, 
I wish next year we had a drone. I, I know. Could just follow the action. But then <laughs> that thing would get hit by <laughs> by one of them balls. <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, I love I love stickball, and I'm glad I finally got to watch it because you know, uh, you know, being a different tribe, being a different. We don't do stickball or none, none of that. So mm-hmm. watching it, I was like, man, this is this should this should be at least a ESPN. I mean, <laughs> on ESPN two or something. You know, yeah. it's it's action packed. It's it's um, hard hitting, rough, but at the same time, um, well mannered, well polite. Yeah, you know, you knock someone down, nobody takes it. Nobody takes it personal. Mm-hmm. Here's here's something crazy. All right, Little Wars on the Res this year. You know, there might have been just like I only seen like one dude get get kind of upset mm-hmm. and you know want to want to fight around it. And you get shamed out for it. Like, hey, 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 no need for that. And yeah, everybody calms down. There was a softball game that because I was coming home that night, mm-hmm. and there was a softball game in Cleveland, and there had they had like some sort of uh, altercation, but it cleared out the benches, and like, boom! Like a a gigantic softball fight Whoa. happened because I was driving through, and all of a sudden, like when I was driving on the edge of Cleveland, there was like cops going around me and shit. I was like, "Dang, what's going on there?" Well, later on that that Monday, I found out coworker of mine's their their family and this stuff was at that softball game, and they mm-hmm. explained what happened. They even had footage of it. I was like, dang man, that a softball game? I said, like, hell, I just went to a stickball stickball tournament, and people were tackling and slamming each other mm-hmm. and swinging sticks and busting heads and nothing. Yeah, but you know, you got people trying to be tough on a softball field, and all of a sudden, ah, mm-hmm. involves big bench clearing brawl. Like, so I mean, I find that that's funny. I mean, that's that's crazy, you know. But I, I really I really dig stickball. I mean, I tried to throw last year, threw my shoulder out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, man! <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty uh, hard. I, I don't have that, those set of muscles. Mm-hmm. I just don't have. Like if <laughs> if I worked out every year throwing, uh, maybe maybe something. But no, these talking about people that throw that were born with sticks in their hands, mm-hmm. and they can throw that ball. God dang. Holy cow! Oh, the length of a football field. Yeah. And then there's people that can catch that ball. Yeah. I bet you they can thread a thread a needle, thread a needle. No, no problems. Because if you can catch a stick, a ball, a tiny golf ball sized ball out of the air with two <laughs> with two gigantic spoon ladles, mm-hmm. <laughs> wooden spoon. If you can catch a ball with two wooden spoons out there. You could probably do it. That's one of the most athletic things I've, I've seen. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I, I I hope next, I hope Little Wars on the Rest 3 is, uh, expands, expands more. Um, uh, I, I hope we get lighting. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I scooted up my truck, and so I put my lights on the field, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, there was this little kid, um, apparently, like, had his shoe underneath my truck <laughs> yeah. truck wheel. 
And uh, they were looking everywhere for that truck, for the, for that shoe, and they found out it was underneath that truck, and they didn't know who the truck that belonged to. Mm-hmm. And here I was commentating that game, and um, they're like, hey, is this your truck? I go, yeah, it's, it's my truck. Why? What's going on? I'm like, yeah, our kid's shoe was underneath your truck. <laughs> I said, I had to move my truck. And I moved that truck, and I said something to that little <laughs> and don't let it happen again or something like <laughs> Keep your shoes on, you little knucklehead. <laughs> and the kid was like, oh, my shoe, we can't leave till I get my shoe. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. A new Jordan. Yep. <laughs> Scuffed his Jordans, yeah. man. <laughs> Finding it out. <laughs> Yeah, I got a hand to it, man. I'm surprised they. I was like, man, I'm glad the weather was good, better than when. Oh, because when I was going through Sand Springs, it was like, um, y'all gonna play through this? Because yeah. uh, this shit looks crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the year before it was hot. It was. It was like sand, like not sand. Salt was coming out of my skin. Mm-hmm. Like just, I was like, dang, my my blood pressure will be good for a week. Yeah, I got no salt in my system. <laughs> And then yeah. the next year it was it was uh I mean just rainy, but man, it was cool. Oh, nice yeah. and cool. It was beautiful. Um Yeah. And luckily the gra- I mean we the ground just soaked up all the uh, all the all the water. Mm-hmm. And it it had to have been fun. But more injuries. Yeah. More um yeah, more more injuries this year. Yeah. People were playing like it wasn't a hundred. Mm-hmm. So trying to do uh be extra, <laughs> do extra stuff, and it. Holy cow! It um, <laughs> man, people getting hit in the head with them sticks. Ooh, I know. Like bonk, don't. Oh god, you get you get a great. You even get grazed with one of those. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> you calling in on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Oh man, I took a stick to the head. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to go in for an ACL tear from a stick. I mean, calling it can't be working all week because you severe sprain on your ankle. Yeah, man, and, that, and that's what happened too, man. A lot of people were, and how people play barefooted—that is beyond my my comprehension. Yeah, like I was like, oh my god, how how do they do that? How how's that happening? <laughs> like I would not want like somebody scooping up a stick. And it's popping me in the mm. toe. Yeah. It's like, nope. Well, I don't have to worry about it now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't. Like, <laughs> leave with that right foot. Just <laughs> get popped. <laughs> oh, you missed. <laughs> Heck no. I wouldn't even be. I'm, I'm just a commentator. I'm just a Howard Cosell of it now. Because ain't no way I'd step on the field for playing. I tried to get like some camera footage, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Nope, um, I'm. <laughs> I better back off because they're getting close." <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for uh, Little Wars on the Reds Three. Hopefully, we get to commentate again. Yep. Yeah, and hopefully, I I was rude of not get, being able to pronounce some words. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think I. Um, Upset of some ch- some Choctaws. I think it were Choctaws. The Choctaw teams, because I just wasn't getting it right. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what, how hard I tried. 
like some sort of foreign language or something. Yeah. <laughs> Domestically foreign. <laughs> Forgive us. <laughs> I couldn't say them either. Yeah, I was like, man, hey, man, the Z team. Yeah. <laughs> the Z boys. <laughs> the Z crew. Z town. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad we got to do this. Had fun kicking it with you. Let everybody know of your plans, getting out of here, and uh, where to follow you. And Well, follow us at Toke Signals uh, on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Spotify. Spotify um, let's see, Audible. Mm. We're on Audible. Um, iTunes. Just type in Toke Signals. If you see that little, those two crazy faces with that are... Uh, <laughs> That uh, purple and uh, blue or whatever faces you'll see with uh, two guys with joints in their mouths. And Josh got an eye patch because I can't draw eyeballs. So if you see that, <laughs> just uh, know that you'll. Um, it's like chilling out and talking up with friends. Yeah. But that you can't have a conversation. <laughs> you can't add your input in. <laughs> you just have to listen to us. But yeah, Instagram, Facebook, social media. Uh, yeah, just look for Toke Signals Podcast. Um, and check out, man, uh, uh, other other people's podcasts. I like Comic-Con. I mm. like um, Ripe Potatoes. Um, uh, e, uh, e, uh, e Society. E Society. Yeah. Man, there's a whole bunch, man. Just uh, don't be afraid to listen. Restless Natives, ch- shout out, Trish. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, just check out people's podcasts, man. It's it's other people's um, view and commentary on the world. Yeah, and you know we just everybody just needs to listen to people's different viewpoints, and and I'll leave it at that. But thank you for having me, Russ. I appreciate you, dude. Yeah, man, it's uh, pretty awesome to have you on here by yourself and just talk, uh, ask some stuff I wanted to ask you for a while. But everybody, go check out Toke Signals and everybody he mentioned. That's our. Uh, that's our homies, you know, doing podcasts and everything. So go check them out as well. And support Tulsa comedy, local Tulsa native comedy. Oh, man. yeah. Yeah, check out the local comedy scene wherever you're at. Native comedy is on the rise. And check out Oki Podcasts, where you listen to podcasts. Uh, Google it. You would find it. And follow me on Instagram at Oki Podcasts. Rustamus49 and oh and then check out Spirit Talkers uh, check out on Apple, Spotify where you listen to podcasts and follow us on TikTok, YouTube and Instagram as well and Facebook so I guess until next time everybody peace peace